Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. I want to preach a message this morning. It's not a long message, but I just really feel in my heart it's what the Lord wants for this morning. And so I'm going to share a couple different things with you. Uh, they may not be, seem to be connected, but uh, uh, I'm going to try to connect them. And um, The first thing I want to say, though, in, in relationship to the message this morning, um, I just feel like someone's here today that needs to hear this. And I, I know many of you, I, uh, some of you I don't know, but someone needs to hear this, that you have a helper. You have a helper. And you're not going to have to do this alone. You have a helper that's going to be with you. He abides in you. He lives within you, and you're going to be able to, you're going to make it through because you have, everybody needs help from time to time, right? Everybody needs help from time to time. And uh, someone here today just needs to hear uh, that you have a helper, and I'll elaborate on that more in just a moment. In the book of Judges, the very last verse, 21-25, there's a, a haunting verse. It's repeated a couple different times in the book of Judges. And as you know, the book of Judges is a record of that time when there was no king in Israel and God would raise up different judges, Samra, Deborah, uh, Brock, different ones that God would raise up. But the people, the people would uh, often forget that they had a helper, and they would do things on their own. And I think if any verse describes the condition of our world today, this verse describes it. And it says simply these words, in those days there was no king in Israel, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that's where we're living. We're living in a day when the morals have been shaken off. The influence of the church has, uh, has diminished in many quarters. And everyone is left without a moral compass. And so because of that, they do what's right in their own eyes. And sometimes that works, but most of the time it doesn't work. And the problem is because the people in this situation of this verse, as is the situation with people today, is their eyes don't see clearly. The other day, you may have read it, a young boy, a young teenager was standing outside reading a Bible passage. He was part of a group that was uh, not protesting, but they were just admonishing and encouraging, reading his Bible. And a uh, person who did something that was right in their eyes, they grabbed his Bible, ripped it up, and began to eat the pages of the Bible. You, I, I read that, and I, couldn't, I, I was disgusted in that, to, to think that that would happen here. But that's what happens when there are no restraints, when there is no king on the the throne of our hearts, amen? And we do what we think is best. And in fairness to those like that, that's what they feel is best for them. We know that that's not the case. Now, in Deuteronomy, which is the, the, it's called the second telling of the law, Moses will remind the younger generation. He's already given the law, uh, God's given the law to the older generation, which will wander in the wilderness. But now, as the older generation have died off and the younger generation are getting ready to go into the promised land, Deuteronomy will be written, and Moses will be telling the younger generation uh, he'll be recounting the law. It's not another law. He's just retelling the law. And as he does that, in, uh, in Deuteronomy 12 and 8, 
he will say this. He said, you're not going to be doing as we have done up to this point. You will not do what you feel is best in your eyes, but you will follow the Lord. And then in verse 28 of Deuteronomy 12, he says, he says, you will honor the Lord your God and do what he wants to do. See, and that's the difference. That's the difference. If we do what is right in our own eyes and we're not seeing through the eyes of Jesus, we're going to do the wrong thing most of the time. And the sad thing, is, in my opinion, is that this whole idea of doing what is right in our own eyes has, has creeped in, crept into the church. It's crept into the, the church world. So we're seeing headline after headline on, on those sites that, that deal with churches about more churches are turning toward accepting this lifestyle and that lifestyle. And we're seeing more and more people exiting the church because they don't believe that's right. But that's what happens when we, we make the decision to do things our way instead of God's way. And how many would agree of what Jesus said in Revelation 3.18, speaking to the lukewarm church, the Laodicean church, he said, what you need is, and he gives a list, and the last thing he says is what you really need to do is get ISAV so that you can see properly. We need that today. Amen. We need the ISAV of the Lord. And what is that ISAV? But the word of God. But the word of the Lord. That is what will help us, is to live according to the scriptures, live according to the Bible, not live according to how we feel. Some of you are my age, and you remember back when we were teenagers, the old idea was, if it feels good, you do it. And how many know we felt good, we did it, and we suffered for it? Come on, amen? If it feels good, do it. No, we can't go by what feels good. We have to go by what the Word of God says. We can't live according to our eyes. See, the difference between Israel in Judges and now is we do have a king. We do have a king. And his name is not President Biden. He is not the king. Everybody know that. He's not the king. It's not pre- uh, President, former President Trump. He's not the king. The king that we know serve and we have to do things through his eyes is King Jesus. How many love King Jesus today? Amen. We love King Jesus. And so we try to live according to what he will tell us and what he will do and uh, what he'll do in our lives. And, and, you know, I'm preaching to the choir today because most all of you would say you do that. You, you live according to what uh, the Lord says. But every now and then we are tempted, even you and I, who are stable, strong Christians who follow the Lord, we have a tendency maybe to do what's right in our own eyes. What's right in our own eyes. We have seven grandchildren and three great-grandchildren, Cheryl and I. And our youngest granddaughter or grandchild is... Two years old? Two and a half years old. I was getting our church ready for a big harvest party that we do every year, and we have thousands of pieces of candy. It's everywhere. And so she helped Grandpa that day. And like a good Grandpa, I just let her go with it, too. And so she's opening this, and she didn't like that. She's opening this, didn't like that. And, you know, if her mom or dad was there, they, would, they have a different set of rules than Grandpa has, right? And so uh, she's eating this candy. And so her uncle, Uncle Eddie, my, my son and our associate, came in. I says, can you, can you watch Adeline just for a minute? Uh, I've got to go in the other room. So he said, sure. And so Eddie told me later, he said, uh, he was watching her, and, and she picks up this piece of candy and starts to open it. And he knows that she's eating a lot of candy today. And, uh, and she, she put it in her mouth, and, and Eddie says, now, Adeline, you shouldn't have any more candy. And she's two and a half years old, and she does this. She goes, <laughs> See, it was right in her own eyes, right? Yeah. And he kind of held back the chuckle. Yeah. And he says, no, Adeline, you, just, you shouldn't eat any more candy. And then she went, and pushed him away. <laughs> What do you do with that? Well, that's a two-and-a-half-year-old, and we expect that, right? The problem is that kind of attitude can creep into the church. I know what I shouldn't do, but shh, let's just not tell anybody. And Holy Spirit, if you get too close with your conviction, just, just get away. And we've got to avoid that at every cost. At any cost, we've got to avoid that. We have to avoid this, uh, that there was no king. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Now, it may seem right at the time, but if it violates the word of God, if it goes against the good counsel of your pastor and your spiritual leaders, then we need to take a, re- a new look at it because we do have a king, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Remember when we used to hear this a lot? Pray about it. 
Remember my pastor, Brother Hughes. He's gone to be with the Lord now. But he would always say that. Pray about it. Pray about it. That's where Cheryl and I were, kind of grew up in that church as teenagers. And then as associate pastors of his, he would say, let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. I heard a church member one day come to me and they said, I am so upset at Pastor Hughes. I said, why are you upset at Pastor Hughes? Because all he ever says is pray about things. I don't want to pray about something. They had the judge's attitude. They wanted to do what was right in their eyes. No, let's pray about it. Amen. Let's pray about it. And then if we hear the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit say we shouldn't do that, then let's follow the voice of our helper, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we do have a king, and we need to live for him, as I know that you, you are doing and I'm doing. We need to live for him. Now, how do we do that? How, uh, this ISAV that Revelation speaks about, the, the area around Laodicea was famous for a couple of things. It's interesting. Uh, uh, one was they had warm springs that people would travel to, and they would soak in this warm water. And then they were also famous for the mountain springs that would come down that would bring very cold water. So when Jesus said, you're neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, he was referring to the area they lived in. They recognized that. But then this third thing, ISAV, Laodicea was known for its, its ointment, its ISAV, that actually people would travel for miles to get, to put on their eyes and cure these eye diseases. You see, there was, there was, there was physical meaning behind what Jesus was saying too. What is the ISAV that the church and we believers need to make sure we're anointing our eyes with all the time. I believe it is the word of God. It's the word of God. That's how we can see clearly to know what the will of the Lord is. And one of my favorite passages in the scripture is John chapter 14, 15, and 16. It is this wonderful discourse of Jesus. And I want to read a few selected passages from it. But uh, in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 18, this will be something that is familiar with us. Jesus' words, if you love me, keep my commandments. How's that for a good start, Right? Don't do what is right in our own eyes, but if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. And that's what buffaloes me about the Judges passage, is those people knew the commandments of the Lord, yet they did everything that was right in their own eyes. They forgot they did have uh, a king as such. They had Jehovah God that they should be following. And we've forgotten that, I think, sometimes in our culture. So he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another what? Helper. Helper. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be where? In you. He will be in you. Thank God that he is in us, the helper. I will not leave you, uh, the old King James says comfortless. The new King James says orphans. I will come to you. I'm not going to leave you like someone who's lost their, their guidance, lost their parents, but I'm going to come to you. So the Holy Spirit comes to abide with us. And so he is in us. And we don't have an excuse to say we don't know what to do. We don't know how to live. No, we do know how to live. And it's according to the words of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, but the Holy Spirit will also speak to us. How many remember that word conviction? All right, remember that, conviction? All right, God convicts us. How many know that that's an important part of what it is to be a believer? He doesn't condemn us because there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Amen? How many on this side believe that? There's no condemnation? Amen? How many on this side believe that? Amen? There's no condemnation, but there is conviction. And conviction is a, a very important part of the Christian's life. And then if you turn to chapter uh, 14, verse 25 through 27, familiar words. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send to my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your, or bring things to your remembrance, all things that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isn't that incredible? The helper will bring us peace. And what will be part of that peace is what he teaches us and what he brings to our remembrance. I don't know about you, but I need reminded every now and then, right? I need reminded every now and then. I need reminded of the promises of the Lord. Thank you, sweetheart, for that encouragement this morning that God never loses a battle. I need to be reminded of that every now and then. 
especially when I'm going through a battle, that God never loses a battle. The Holy Spirit, as our helper, will, will teach us. He'll guide us. He'll lead us. And he will bring things to our remembrance, things that we've gone through. In the ministry, Cheryl and I, as uh, pastor, your pastors have, been in ministry a long, long time, long, long time, uh, 50 years. We just celebrated 50-year wedding anniversary, and all of that time was spent in ministry. And even before that, before we were married as teenagers, we were in ministry. Yeah, thank you. And that's a long time, and we've gone through a lot. And there's a lot of things for the Holy Spirit to remind us of. And he reminds us that he's in charge and that he never loses a battle. Praise God. He never loses a battle. So this incredible peace comes when the Holy Spirit is teaching us and reminding us. This incredible peace comes to us. All right, let me hurry on. Chapter 15 now, verses 26 and 27 of John. But when the Helper, there's that word again, comes whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The Helper is going to come and he's going to testify of Jesus. He's going to... He's, he's going to lift Jesus up. He's going to remind us that we do have a king. We don't have to do what, what we think is right in our own eyes. But we have a king and we can filter everything through his kingship and through his authority and through his rule. Now, the flesh may not like that because sometimes the flesh would rather do something else. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a confession. Can I give you a confession today? Sweetheart, can I? All right, at, at any point that you don't want me to do this, you just go this. You just do this, okay? When Cheryl and I were dating, we decided to ask her dad if we could get married before Cheryl graduated. And so we thought that was a good plan. So we met with her dad, and wisely her dad says, over my dead body, or no, he didn't say that. He said, no way. I still remember it happened, the restaurant. It was in Coos Bay, folks. What used to be the Sambo's, I think it's the Denny's now, or whatever. That's where it was. And he said, no, and he got up and he walked out. Boy. So we were disappointed because we thought we had a good plan. So I said, so I took Cheryl home and I said, well, let's, let's ask God about it. And so we decided to cast lots, remember? Uh, if you that... I've never heard of casting lots. It's, it's a Bible principle, and it was more popular years ago than it is now. But it is a Bible principle, but not the way I was going to use it. So I said, well, we don't have a lot here, but we have a coin. So I said, let's, heads is yes, tells us no. And what we're going to pray is, should we elope? Her dad said no, so should we elope? So I, I flipped the coin. We were young and ignorant. Come on. We, we flipped the coin, and it said no. <laughs> Being the great man of God I was as a young preacher, I said Shall we try two out of three? <laughs> That's what I said. That's what I said. And uh, so I flipped it again, and it said no. And I think I did it five times. It was no every time. And boy, you know, we both looked at each other kind of sheepishly and realized, boy, God can't speak, you know, stronger than that. Amen? And, and really, it was the best thing. It really was. Her dad was a man of wisdom and loved God, and, and the Holy Spirit just made sure that coin. I could have been there. I could have been there for hours flipping that thing, and it would have been, it would have been tails every time. So... I know you've never done anything that silly, but anyway. Our helper knows what we need. He really does. Romans 8, such a familiar passage. In verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Our helper helps us. He's in us. He helps us. And he wants to show us how important it is to trust the helper and not make decisions based on what we want, but God, what is it you want? Let our eyes see the value 
of seeing through the lens of Jesus and his words. Now he who searches the hearts, this verse 27, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things, say it with me, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. I don't understand how that works, but it does. All things work together for good. All things aren't good, but all things work together for good. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, you finish it. Who can be against us? Hallelujah. Who can bring a charge against God's elect? Verse 33. Maybe the enemy's trying to do that right now with someone this morning. Bringing condemnation on you. Bringing to remembrance the Holy or not the Holy Spirit, but the evil spirit. is trying to bring to remembrance a mistake you made this last week or this last month, and he's bringing condemnation on you. That's not God condemning you. God will convict, but he never condemns. That's the enemy. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he condemned? It is Christ who died and is also risen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he mentions tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. And then he, it's interesting because here Paul quotes David in Psalms 44, 22, and he quotes an interesting little verse. For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And that always buffaloed me because that just doesn't seem to fit in at all with that passage. Until you read the passage in Psalms and you realize... That was David's attitude toward the situation he was in. That wasn't what God was saying. That's what David was saying. He was judging from his eyesight. He was like a lamb to a slaughter. And then as you read the rest of that psalm, the Holy Spirit convicts David, and he goes on to say, no, 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 that's that's not it. And what Paul is pointing out is, don't fall into the trap of believing you're just left out there by yourself. No, you're not. Verse 37. He follows up that psalm verse with this. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I love this last part. For I am persuaded. How many is persuaded you have a helper today? Amen? I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, powers, things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I am persuaded. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise this morning. I am persuaded. Let's stand please. Let's stand please. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for ministering throughout the service. Thank you for our worship time. Thank you for offering time. Thank you for testimonies this morning, healing time. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to come and touch the one who who needs your help today. Who needs your help today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I just wonder if you might want to lift your hand and say, Pastor Stanton, I need help today. I need help today. Just raise your hand. Just raise it before the Lord. Thank you. Someone else? Thank you. Thank you. I need help today. All right. Is there someone else that would raise a hand and say, I need help specifically in a relationship? It's a troubled relationship. Might be family, might be friends, but I need help with a relationship. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Is there someone here that would say, I need help, a helper with finances? I'm struggling. It's hurting. Raise your hand. Just raise it before the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I need help. Is there someone that would raise your hand and say, I need help because I feel so condemned over something that I've done? My past, the enemy is just beating me up with it. Just raise your hand. I'm not going to identify you. Just raise your hand. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, dear. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And finally, is there someone here to say, I just need help physically. I'm hurting. I've got a physical challenge. I just need God's help. Raise your hands with me. I'm raising my hand with you on that one. Amen. 
Pastor, would you come? I want you to pray for these hands that have been raised. Praise the Lord. If you can do it appropriately, would you take the hand of the one near you and let's agree together in prayer. As Pastor leads us in prayer to close the service out, pray for that one whose hand you're holding. You don't know if they lifted their hand or not, but it doesn't matter. We all need a helper. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us. If you can't hold a hand next to you, just hold the hand of Jesus right now. Pastor, thank you. I pray that there would be a touch that would be sent from heaven right now in a miraculous way. And that, Lord, you would do what they can't do. Nothing is impossible with you. That, Lord, you would send the peace. You would send whatever the answer is regarding their need. Lord, we trust you because you're a good God. You never leave us and you never forsake us. I pray today that as we go about our own way, that the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit would go with each one to their homes, to their families, ultimately to their daily routines and their jobs. But Lord, what has happened right now, what is happening right now would linger with them and it would not leave, but it would just increase in strength and depth and power. Lord, we thank you for the word of God today. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. It will not return void. And that, Lord, we receive it as good soil, the seed that was planted. Holy Spirit, let it bring forth fruit. We welcome your conviction. We welcome even those times when you need to correct us because we know that you love us and you see what's good to the end. So, Lord, I commit the people to you today and release them into the love and the peace and the purpose of God. And everybody that loved the Lord said amen and amen. God bless you so much.